Hey, Adultish fam, we need a quick favor from y'all. We're conducting our annual Radiotopia listener survey, and we'd really be grateful if you could just take a few minutes to fill out the questionnaire. What he said. This means a lot to us, so please visit survey.prx.org slash adultish, that's adultish with no space, to tell us what you think of the show and help us learn a little bit more about yourself. There, you can answer questions about all the other Radiotopia podcasts you listen to as well. Yup, it'll really help us program the content that you want for season four. So that's survey.prx.org slash adultish. Thanks, y'all. Mwah! For me, when I listen to any type of news, I want to hear it from people who really understand the experiences of those that they speak or write about. That's what we try to do on Adultish. So that's why I'm so excited about a new show called A Better Life. It's a podcast about immigrants and how they're being affected by COVID-19. At A Better Life, the host and virtually all the reporters are immigrants or the children of immigrants, like your girl. You'll also hear from immigrant elders like grandparents, parents, aunts, uncles, to hear how they're coping during the pandemic and what they've learned over the years that can help the rest of us survive today's challenges. A Better Life introduces you to people and places that you may have never encountered any other way. It's the kind of stories that you want to hear nowadays. So listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hello. I'm here by saw at the doctor. I keep doctor can't say you have to exercise. Oh really? I have a member. I'm so lazy. So what? Oh yeah, so for the uh, show, the the podcast, doing the episode on moms. Um, yeah, is that cool if you be interviewed? Yeah, no problem. But not now. And right now I'm shopping, that's why I can able to talk and holding the phone in the car at the same time. <laughs> I didn't go to my shop for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so now I just go check it out. <laughs> I'm thinking of, like, the FBI agent, like, listening to call. Like, who is this? Right? You guys pick up. You should hear us speak to our cats. Uh, more of a dog person myself. But <laughs> welcome, everybody, to Adultish by YR Media, a show where we beep-a-dee-bop-bop-boop-a-dee-boop-boop. <laughs> Which translates to figuring out your adult issues in beeponese. And in this episode, we are finna talk about your mama. More like our mamas. Yes, our mothers. So I know Merck, Merck knows me, but we really wanted to open ourselves up to all of you guys mm-hmm. and let you into like, you know, a little more intimate part of our lives and not just be like so surface and beepity bop bop boop with you guys all the time. Hey, I so, mean, unless just- that's how you and your mom are, <laughs> like me and my mom. <laughs> Literally, I'm about to just start using that as like an adjective for something. Oh yeah, nah, bro. I was at that party with beepity bop bop boop, boy. <laughs> <laughs> you already know what it's like in there. It's beepity boop. All right, so... I'm going to start off by telling you guys a story about my relationship with my mom and how that took a complete 180 turn and what led to that and where do we go from here. Merck, what are you about to get into? I got into some mama drama. I did some digging, went into detective mode. Pretty much, if you've ever felt guilty about having something someone close to you doesn't, that's me, my sister, my mom. Just wait and hear all about it. Ooh, a drama. Ah. All right, well... Let me set the scene for my story. All right. So the year is 2010. Inception just came out in theaters. 
It's my favorite movie ever, then. It still is Pretty now. Pretty good movie. But all right, back, in, back into the zone. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched it for the first time. It's my first legal PG-13 movie. All my snapbacks are laid all across my bed. I just posted a To Be Honest post on Facebook, and I'm watching the likes roll in. And here we go. Tonight is the night. So the squad and I show up to the party three hours late, on purpose, walking in with a fresh pair of black skinny jeans, a short sleeve flannel shirt, and I love boobies bracelets all up my left arm. Like, y'all remember those bracelets? I remember my dad first saw one and he was like, yo, what is that? And I was like, they're for breast cancer awareness. And he was like, uh. <laughs> But at that moment, I hear the music switch to Frankie Beverly's Before I Let Go. And it snaps me right out of what was supposed to be the coolest party entrance ever. And I run to the dance floor looking around in a panic because this is our song. And then there she is, Tracy, Tracy, my dance partner, my ride or die, my best friend. We dance together for about two hours of that long old song until it's time to go home back home with Tracy, because Tracy is my mom. If you ran into my family around this time, my mom would say something like this. Here's my husband Leland, my son Caleb, but this one, Nigel, Nigel's my friend. She tells me sometimes if life's got you down, you just gotta ask for a little advice from Auntie Lauren Hill, cousin India Ivory, and my mom's second best friend, Mary J. Blige. My mom also reads me like a book. When I turned 17, my older brother and my dad are fighting all the time, and I just didn't want to be here. I wanted to run away. So I grab a duffel bag, head to my closet, start packing my clothes. Then I hear the sound of the house's floor creaking. It's getting louder. I quickly throw the duffel bag in the closet. Now this is the part of the story where I say someone opens the door and someone walks in, but in the Turner house, my door always had to stay open. And so, my mom just walks in. And I hit her with the, what you doing in my hood? She looks at me and says, you leaving me? I look down at the floor. I don't know what else to do, mom. I'm not happy. Living here just feels like a weight on my chest and... I just want to breathe again. I've always been on the dramatic side, and she is too. But this time, I mean it. And she knows. Nigel, your father and I always knew you were going to need to spread your wings early. We talk about it all the time. But let us make sure you have the basic tools you need to make it outside. You need three things. A credit score, a car, and a high school diploma. Just give it six months, then you can go. Okay, I can do that. And that's the last real conversation I remember having with my mom. Four months later, my mom is a court reporter at the Alameda County Superior Courthouse in Oakland, California, a place famous for the Black Panther marches in the late 60s. I always thought she looked like Alicia Keys the way she typed on the machine like piano keys. She goes to work one day just like any other. 
The court has been working on this particular case for hours, and this judge is notorious for never taking breaks. She's typing away on her stenotype machine, and her body begins to feel uneasy, almost like she has low blood sugar. This had happened to my mom before. They couldn't explain why it was happening, but they described it as a glitch. She just faints sometimes, is what I remember a doctor saying after a family dinner got cut short for this same reason. So she tells the judge what's happening, put her head down, closed her eyes, and she faints. I try not to think about this next part too much because it pulls my mind into all the what-ifs, but for some reason, no one woke her up. At least not right away. They just let her lay there with her head down. When they get her to a hospital, it seems like she's gone without oxygen to her brain for a long time. We find out that she suffered severe cognitive brain damage. To be honest, we didn't notice at first. But half a year later at my graduation party, my mom goes out and gets me a cake that says congratulations. Then she goes out and gets the exact same cake. Again. At first I tell myself, we all have our little mix-ups. But then, other signs. She can't keep up at work anymore and she's forced to leave. I pack up her office for her and her desk is a sea of sticky notes. Just trying so hard to remember. It's sad, but it warms my heart just seeing how hard she tried. We take her to a bunch of doctors, specialists, neurologists. We drive her down to Stanford. They could tell she had severe brain damage, but no one could tell why it was getting worse. Then I start to notice the way people look at her. I go grocery shopping with my mom, and while waiting in the line to pay, she walks up to random people and says things like, hey, it's great to see you again. And then they're like, what? And then I jump in and try to explain. Then they look at her with pity and talk to her like she's a child. It makes me furious and then embarrassed and then furious again, then exhausted. Slowly, she starts to lose more and more of her abilities. She stops being able to drive. She stops being able to cook. She starts having trouble dressing herself. And so, I start to spend less time with my old best friend. And what I mean is, I'm no longer enjoying the time together. I'm still picking out her clothes for the day. I help her cook and drive her to all her doctor's appointments, but I'm just looking for any chance or excuse to get away. It gets to the point where I'm upset with her for things that aren't her fault. She asked me multiple times to take her to grandpa's and eventually I pretend not to hear her. One night, I'm in my room with my headphones on and my mom walks in. She sits on my bed. I take my headphones off. What's going on? I say. I'm not really sure what's happening. Then she says, are, are you mad at me? She starts to open her mouth again. I freeze up. You're my son, but you used to be my friend, right? I'm sorry, Mom. Of course I'm your friend. I jump out of bed and I hug her as tight as my frozen body can. She smiles. She's happy with my answer. And she walks out my room. But all I can think is, I'm no longer a good son. Am I even her friend? I've always struggled with anxiety, but now I'm having at least one panic attack a day. 
After breaking many promises to my girlfriend to get help, I finally did. At this one particular session, I spent 20 minutes telling the doctor about how mom and I used to dance to Frankie Beverly, how we used to cook her famous mac and cheese, and how it was just mom and me time. And then the doctor hit me with this. Why do you keep talking about your mom in the past tense? I didn't have an answer. Yes, things have changed, but she still loves you and holds those same emotions. The next morning, it's like any morning. The sun isn't even out yet, and it's time to go pick up my mom and drop her off at my grandpa's house so that my dad could go to work. So I walk in the house, say hi to my dad. He rushes off. I head upstairs. My heart is pounding. I pass by my brother Caleb's room, then walk towards my mom's. She's lying in bed, resting. We still got an hour or so before we got to leave, so... I pass her room, wondering, should I say something? Nah, she's probably sleeping. Nigel? How'd she know it was me? Yeah, it's me, Mom. Can you come lay down in here with me? No, I'm, I'm going to lay in my room. Why did I say that? The me of yesterday would say that, yeah, but not the me from the party. I thought I was going to... I don't know, I I start walking to my room and get halfway there before... Wait, what am I doing? All these years she came and laid in your bed and talked to you whenever you needed her? Boy, get your butt in there. I turn around, run, and jump into my mom's bed. Immediately, she starts rubbing my hair, along with the grain, not against the grain, which she knows I hate. Then I take out my phone. I hit stop on the pity party that I've been throwing myself, and I hit record on the first real conversation we've had in six years. You said that somebody's hurt me, what? If somebody hurts you, mm -hmm. I have to hurt. Go I hurt. have to get them. I have to get them. You gotta get them? That's right. That's what one of do. And if something bad happens to me, you say you're going to get me? You're right. How are you going to get me? I'm going to get you. Don't you worry. That's what mothers do. You remember we used to sit, like, in my room? <clears throat> like, all night? Mm -hmm. And just talk? Yeah. On my bed? <laughs> well... If you like me to do that for you, I'll do it for you, okay? I miss those talks. Okay. I'm sorry I haven't really talked to you in a long time. Well, you're growing up. You're a good person, Nigel. And don't let nobody tell you anything different. Okay. Mm hmm You think I'm a good son? You're a great son. I think you're a great mom. Thank you. You know that? I try. I really do. It's not about trying. You know you're a good mom, right? Yeah, I'm good. I think I, think I am. Stop? I, no, 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 I think. You're a good mom, okay? Thank you. 
Say it. I'm a good mom. And I said. Yeah. Something happened with you. Happens to me. Let nobody hurt my baby. Hey Merk. Yes, Nige. What kind of rules have you broken growing up? Me breaking rules? You know I'm an angel. I don't break rules. That's nonsense. That's 100% <laughs> cap. No, okay. So in sixth grade, I threw a banana at my crush at lunchtime, <laughs> and for what? Um, because I, I, I liked him, and I guess that's how I showed my attraction to this person mm, how how romantic very romantic <laughs> then i got in trouble by my teacher then i started crying and then the teacher started crying so <laughs> i cried my way out of it <laughs> <laughs> no i mean i can't blame you because i've cried my way out of uh, a fair enough situation so i see it. it's a it's a valid excuse what about you though what kind of rules have you broken um, so basically I got mad that this girl got me in trouble. She like made a little snarky remark and I locked her in the closet for all of recess in the sixth grade. So yeah. And I got, oh I got detention for a very long time because of that. Wow. <laughs> well, if y'all think that's fun, our friends at the Mortified Podcast are making a new series that's all about the moments people broke the rules growing up and what those moments can teach us. And the best part is called... Ooh, you're, you're in, in trouble. trouble. And you can be on it if you're under 25 and have a story about stirring up mischief back in the day, whether that's something sus like cheating on a test or <laughs> something courageous like breaking dress code in the name of justice. Pitch a story at getmortified.com slash trouble. That's getmortified.com slash trouble. Help make some trouble. The good kind of trouble. I just want to thank you for opening up about you and your mom because you just shared with us one of the most intimate parts of your adulting life. Yeah, the most intimate part of my life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's a lot to be going through right now, especially at this time in our lives when we're figuring out everything else. Mm -hmm. I just want to know, what is your relationship like with your mom now? Um, My relationship with her now, like, it's not... A hundred percent better. I'm not going to say it's been peaches and cream since I did the piece, but I've been taking advantage of a lot of the little moments that I do get with her and just taking advantage of like what she can still do. Like me and her, actually me and her danced in the kitchen <laughs> together like the other day for no reason at all. To what song? It was to Igor by Tyler. Like I was playing like the whole album in the kitchen while I was meal prepping. You know, because I'm about, about that, about that fit life. You did the whole time <laughs> to the almost entire the, album? Almost like the whole album. It was really cool. She she really liked it. And I think that's the main thing. I've just been taking advantage of, like, the little moments that we do get together. So when she said in the recording, everything that happens to you happens to me, do you think that she also felt that, you know, distance you felt from her when all this change was happening? Shoot. That's a, <laughs> that's a really good question. I never really thought about it like that until you just said that. I think it's so easy to be going through a situation and you just think me, 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 me. How do I feel? And look at it like from such a selfish perspective. But I, I definitely think she was probably feeling that distance. I mean, my mom 
she even came into my room and she asked me straight up, like, am I still your friend? I know I'm your mom, but are we still cool, essentially? And so, I mean, she definitely was feeling the distance. And I'm glad that she got to get that off her chest. Like relief almost that you both were on this mutual wavelength again. Right, exactly. But what about you? Like, have you ever felt any type of distance with your mom? For me, it's actually kind of the opposite. My mom and I have always been close even after I moved out, probably because we've got a lot in common. Like, we're the youngest daughters in our families. We've got spicy personalities. I mean, my mom's first name is straight up kimchi. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like the spicy Korean fermented. I did not know that at all. (laughs) I mean, you know, you even heard us up top at the episode. Like, we're very comfortable and being weird with each other. Mm -hmm. But it's way different for her and my big sister Christy because they're not close at all. But you and your sister are close though, right? Yeah, like super close. So that's why in my mind, my mom and sister should be at least sort of close, but they're Mm. not. And no one in our family has been able to figure out why. So that's what this next story is all about. Okay, but before you start, I think it's kind of normal or at least like not uncommon to see like certain family members be somewhat distant. Like me and my Mm -hmm. brother, we kind of don't really talk all that much at all, but we're good and we both know it's good. So why does their relationship matter so much to you? (sighs) Okay, it's because I've had this theory that my mom and sister want to work on getting close, but neither of them wants to initiate. So I was like, okay. I'll do it if you're not going <laughs> to. Of course you did. <laughs> so my story starts out with a question I asked Christy, and it's actually the same one I asked you earlier. Can you describe your relationship with mommy? Well, if I were in the middle of estranged and close, I would be two ticks to close, but not necessarily close, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I said, mm-hmm, but it didn't make sense. I guess the only reason why I even said close is because, you know, she Snapchats every day. Other than that, I don't, we don't really talk. It's hard to hear my sister say she's not close with my mom. How are the two closest women in my life so distant from each other? And how is that okay? Because for me, it's nothing out of the norm. I've never questioned my relationship with mom. And I think for me too, that's why I get so emotional when mom says I love you or hugs me but we're not close. My sister recently started therapy and says she's got mommy issues. Her words, not mine. I'm curious if any part of her is envious about how mom and I connect. When my grandpa died, my mom had a panic attack and it seemed like I was the only one in the family who could talk her down. And we hug. But my mom doesn't hug my sister. Like, ever. (laughs) I think I've maybe only seen that I don't know, I can't even think of a time. This is my big brother, Andy. I mean, even me, I don't don't even hug mom like that. You know, sometimes if I'm trying to be cute, then I'll like, you know, kiss her on the cheek. Hugging is not like a Vietnamese thing, so you gotta like consider it culturally too. Just to be sure, I texted 10 of my Viet friends asking if they'd hugged their mom in the last month. All 10 of them said no. So Andy's got a point. My mom and I hug because I initiate them. I know it's not ideal, but I feel good enough about our relationship to where it doesn't make me feel bad. But I wonder what it's like for someone who doesn't get hugs in the first place. Someone like my sister. Or 
maybe even my mom when she was younger. I don't actually know if her hugging her own mom was a thing. So I asked. Uh, no. My mom it was a very busy, busy lady because she had 10 children. So after she gave birth so to my youngest my mom mother, was born during the Vietnam War. And at age 13, she lost her own mom. That meant no hugs or affection. But she told herself, when I grow up, I'm going to make sure that I'm there for my children. And she was. Even though mom was busy managing finances for our family's auto body shop, she still made time to go to special events like Christie's high school championship softball games. But when I asked her if she ever told my sister she's proud of her, mom paused, then said, Uh, no, I did not tell because, I don't know, maybe that's one of my, uh, my mistakes that I really don't bring her in and tell her that. Are there other things that you wish you could say to her now? I want to tell her, I want to ask her, could see what you're doing, how you feel, how's your life, everything. But I'm afraid she can be sad more because she know that I love her. If she let it out more, what she have, maybe I will be more sad in the life. In your life? In my life. To hear that my mom associates sadness with expressing love to my sister is heartbreaking. She wants to be closer to her daughter, but chooses not to act upon it? I don't fully understand that. Because she verbalizes her proud feelings to me, and not doing the same for my sister? That's gotta hurt. I told mom that. Mm. So I just, next time we all three talk, then I, I really challenge you to say exactly what you are proud of her for. Because if you never tell her, she won't know. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. But I'm saying, you know, I know my girl. Till one day you be a mother, you will know the attitude of each of your child. You, easy. Christy, you talk, but you know how she reply back too. You know, of course she will cry. And then she will say, hmm. I don't really get that last part. And I have a little problem with what mom's saying. I might have a, quote, easy attitude now, but that's because it took years of my childhood struggling to figure out how to vocalize what I needed. That's also why I have a problem with the phrase, mother knows best. Does my mom really know how to comfort Christy in the way that she needs? Cause I'm starting to think she might not. So to clear up some things, I got all of us together for a three-way call. As you both know, I've talked with both of you individually and now today's the day where we're all talking to each other. So how it's gonna work- It was easier than I expected to get them to commit to the call. I myself was the anxious one and thought, ooh, what if I'm disrespecting their boundaries? They might opt out because of that. But they both agreed it was fine. So after helping my mom download Skype and waiting for Christy to come home after a therapy session, it happened. I'm not close like with you, like tell you every single thing. But with Christy, we don't need to talk a lot. That's why we try to <laughs> hold on to it by our own self. Right, Christy? Yeah. Oh, wow. She, I wish I would have said that. See what's happening here? Almost right after we started, my mom and sister start saying, it's okay that we don't talk. We still love each other. It's not a problem. Yeah. It's like, for us, less is more. That doesn't mean we're distant. So I asked them, then why do you say you want to be close? Why do you keep hiding from each other? 
I'm the first child, so I was the first reason why she became a mother. And I think with that, there's a lot of this pressure of not wanting to disappoint. Sometimes, yes, I, I, of course, of course, I want to be as open with mom as you are with her, right? But I, for some reason, I just get to this very vulnerable place, and then I, I shut down, and then I don't ask questions because I'm afraid of if mom was went through even more hurt, I don't, I would just feel so bad. I don't know how to just put it into words right now. Christy, does any part of you wish that you could hear from mommy more, like how much she loves you or like a simple I love you kind of thing? Yeah, because we already know that we love each other, obviously. Yeah. So the parents, yeah, we, it doesn't come very easily mm-hmm. because we already know it, and, but it's, it's just not vocalized or verbalized. But for me, I, I've learned, and this translates into my relationship with my husband, is that I learned that my love language is words of affirmation. Okay. So that's why I cry and get emotional. Mm. Um, but I need to hear you ah. say, you're beautiful, I love you, so that I, I'm, I know that I am, but I need to hear it. That's how I know you love me. There was an intensity in my sister's voice that I've never heard her express to her mom. I even confirmed with Christy after the call that this was the first time she straight up told mom what she needs. I was thinking, yeah, you go, sis. But also about mom's response. You love bubble. You love bubble, right? Bubble. (laughs) Mom cracked a joke about the word verbal. Not quite with words of affirmation, so I jumped in. Mommy, remember the thing I, I asked you before? I challenged you the next time the three of us talk to tell Christy mm. very specific things you're proud of her for. Mm. So. Okay. First of all, I love you, Christy. You made me proud. You are beautiful. You are my girl. You are my best girl. I love you. I care for you a lot. Um, I just have to say, I. <clears throat> the reason I cry is not because I'm sad. It's because you, you mean the most in my life. And I really would not be here without you. And I can't imagine Thank my you. life without you. So that's why I cry. <laughs> tears of joy and that's the only way I know how to express it because I feel it so deep in my heart you know I want you we uh, uh, start uh, not only talk three-way talk every at least twice a month once a month to share with whatever we have to make the life more closer more happier I wish we could have sat with Chrissy's words for just a few more seconds to truly soak up what she said in silence But mom immediately changed the convo into us going on an annual shopping trip, as if that would make things better. The moment wasn't perfect, but it did show me that, yeah, they really do love each other and are capable of saying it. But let's be real, the relationship between my mom and sister isn't going to change overnight. But this seems like the start of a new conversation. At least, I hope it is. As for me, I'm still processing how I feel knowing that they've been wanting to be close all along and now they finally have a shot at it makes me wonder if I'll be put on the back burner. Maybe that's the baby sister perspective that I can't shake. It's part of who I am. But I know as their relationship changes, 
so does mine with them. And for now, I'm going to see where it leads. Okay, Mark. Yes. So, I mean, as you can see, you're clearly still going through this story, as am I, as is everybody <laughs> with, uh, with like, these situations. But how do you think your mom felt when you were asking her all these deep questions? Uh, I'm sure part of her was like, why is my child asking me these things <laughs> I haven't really thought of before? Right. Um, but I think the deeper part of her was like, oh, I she was reflective and I feel like a part of her felt bad like there was one part when she was like oh no I haven't really told her that maybe that's one of my mistakes Mm -hmm. like hearing my mom accept that part of her life as a reality that maybe she didn't do everything she could have I think she felt like oh kind of like a wake-up call almost you know well I mean did these things change the way you saw your mom at all I mean yeah, because I feel like I got to learn more about her, not just as like uh, my mom, but as an individual adult going through the mothering and motherhood process. Right. And so it adds another layer to her that makes me just respect her more. And I know I'm not going to agree with everything as things go on, but at the end of the day, I learned that we're all just adults figuring out how to be adults. And my mom's an adult mom trying to figure out how to be a mom to adult children. So right. very on brand with adult-ish. <laughs> Still figuring out her adult-ish. <laughs> well, thanks to everyone for listening to Adult-ish by YR Media, a national network of young artists and journalists creating content for this generation. For more behind-the-scenes photos of Nige and I with our moms, check out our stuff on IG, Twitter, and Facebook at YR Adult-ish. Let's start off with a big shout-out to our senior producer, Davey Kim. Big shout-out! Yup, to Ajani for our social media graphics, our sound engineer, Gonady Joe Johnson. And our executive producer, Rebecca Martin, who's a mama bear to two kids of her own. I also want to give special thanks to Sam Greenspan for helping edit the story on my mom. Sam's also got a podcast called Bellwether. Go check it out, because it's mind-blowing. And, of course, to my bro host, Nige, whose story also aired on WNYC's Snap Judgment. Yee, and shout-outs to my co-host, Young Mirko. <laughs> <laughs> and follow us both on Twitter, me at Nigel T, and follow Merck at UltraradUberFad. The music you hear right now was produced by Stony at YR Media, and it's called Speak to Me. We'll have a link to it on our website at adultishpodcast.com. Our show is also part of the Radiotopia Gang by PRX, an independent collective of some of the dopest shows in all of podcasting. Hashtag humblebrag. Check them all out at radiotopia.fm. Before we go, Nigel and I wanted to share some responses we got from some of you in Times Square. What's something you want to ask your mom but just haven't yet? Uh, I would probably ask her how she knew my dad was the one. What's the most dangerous thing you've ever done? I'd probably ask like how wasted she'd ever gotten when she was younger. How she grew up in the jungle her entire life and then be so afraid of spiders still. <laughs> so my mom's from the East Coast and she would come up with a lot of colloquialisms. I want to know how many of those she actually made up and how many of them are real. <laughs> what, what's an example of one of them? I don't know, you see something like, that really takes the ferret out of me. And like that, and people don't say that, right? Like, <laughs> it's not a real thing. That takes the 
ferret at me. What is, <laughs> what is that <laughs> picture of the ferret at me? I feel like their mom definitely just made that up on <laughs> spot. So we want to challenge you. If you're brave enough to record yourself to ask your mom that nosy question, get her response. Send the audio to us at adultish at yrmedia.org. And hey, we just might feature it on social media. What would you ask your mom? I would probably ask her... Um, <laughs> this sounds so bad. Um, <laughs> a hoeing competition, like hoeing the weeds in our front yard. That's something I remember having to do as a kid. And she used to be really good at it, but... What would what would you ask your mom? <laughs> I would ask my mom. So my mom used to she used to rock like this haircut back in the day where she had like mm-hmm. one side of her head like completely shaved and then like the oh, other like was like Skrillex? heck along. Yeah, like the for Shelly, like the Skrillex. But like the other side was like long braids. Yeah, what led to that decision? That's what I want to ask my mom about. Now I'm gonna forever imagine your mom with Skrillex hair <laughs> banging out to some uh what is it called? Dubstep. Yeah. <laughs> well, everybody, thanks for listening. Bye bye. Y'all, we out this thing. Your chest is like really loud. It's hollow. That's what happens when <laughs> you don't have. It's just bone up here. There's no meat. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you got like, I don't have no echo. A cups for life. Okay. Oh my gosh. Radiotopia.